if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. A glorious morning to you, in fact. Thanks so much for joining us as we get rolling at eight minutes past the hour of nine o'clock on this Wednesday, the 15th morning of the fourth month of the year of our Lord 2020. Two great guests coming up on the program today. Coming up in about a half an hour at 935. We will talk to Curtis Ellis, the policy director for America First Policies. He is a former Trump. This guy's unique. This guy's very unique. Curtis Ellis is a former Trump administration official in the Labor Department and a senior policy advisor to the transition team, the presidential transition team, right? But he is also a former communications director for a Democratic member of the House back in 2006. So he has apparently seen the political ideological light and converted uh, from his uh, loyalties to Democrats back in 06 and now has worked for President Trump. And now uh, he is uh, leading the drive, a petition drive, calling for the resignation of the WHO Director General. And that, re- that petition has reached one million signatures. Uh, Tedros is not fit for his role as World Health Organization General Director, the petition says, calling for his immediate resignation. The details of that coming up with Curtis Ellis at 935. And this could not come at a more important time or a better time, quite frankly, because it was just yesterday that the President of the United States declared that we will defund, at least temporarily, and I hope this is a precursor to the President saying permanently, But we can't say that yet. We don't know if that's going to be the case yet. But at least temporarily, the president is going to defund uh, um, the World Health Organization, which, of course, is just the health arm of the United Nations, that we are clearly far and away the world leaders at funding. We are always expected to contribute more American tax dollars to these international organizations that do nothing for us, and that, in fact, oftentimes lie to us, causing direct harm against us, as in the case with the Wuhan virus. Uh, we are far and away the, the, the uh, highest contributor. As a matter of fact, let's put it to you this way. China contributes about 10% to the World Health Organization, 10% of the total dollars that we fund uh, the World Health Organization with. 10%, and yet the World Health Organization does what? It continues to serve on bended knee 
at the regime, the communist regime of the PRC. That's the People's Republic of China. That's right. They continue to do whatever President Xi wants them to do. They continue to do, and even before Xi, this is who and what they are. And because of the Chinese regime, and again, this is not about the Chinese people when we call it the Chinese coronavirus. It is certainly not about Chinese Americans. It is about the communist government of China, which led to the worldwide pandemic and the ongoing destruction of the American economy right now. The loss of thousands of lives and the loss of many thousands more to come because of economic calamity. And this is all because of the w, the, uh, the communist Chinese government's uh, covering up of the release of that um, virus from a Chinese lab. And yes, we are finding out more and more about that. It is about a ch- the research that was being done in Chinese labs in Wuhan, not a horseshoe bat that is not native to that part of China from the Chinese wet markets, but rather bat research on these kinds of things that are that are in the that was being done in the bioweapons labs of Wuhan China. So we'll talk more about that as we go. So at any rate, we'll get back to the president. The other guests that we have coming on today, I told you we had two great guests at the top of the hour. I am going to be privileged to be joined by the governor of the great state of Ohio, Governor Mike DeWine. He is coming on at 10.05 this morning at the top of the hour, and we, well, we have some questions for him. Now, just so you know, and I want you to be here for that interview. Again, it's a little less than an hour from now. Just so that you know, what I have said about President Trump and the difficulty that he has in walking that tightrope between public health and economic, uh, I, I don't even know what I want to call it right now. It's calamity. It's chaos. He knows, the president knows, that the economy is being destroyed because of nationwide shutdowns of businesses and schools and sporting events, et cetera, et cetera. The movie industry. I mean, the, the, the entire economy is shutting down. We have 17 million people filed for unemployment in the last three weeks. Tomorrow, the numbers will come out again. There will be another three to four million minimum added to that total. And so the president's walking this tightrope between trying to deal with the Chinese coronavirus and trying to deal with the American economy. And it's hard because he's going to be damned if he does and damned if he doesn't. If he says we're going to extend the recommendations and the guidances past May 1st, and things need to stay closed a little bit longer because of what the health experts are telling me, the president's going to get slaughtered for that. If the president says on May 1st, we want all states to begin opening the doors to their businesses, it can be done incrementally, it can be done on a rolling basis, doesn't have to be everything all at once, doesn't have to be like flipping on a light switch. It can be a slow fade in, but if he wants them to do that, he's going to get slaughtered for that and say he's putting lives in danger. It's a tough, tough rope to walk, right? Well, if it's true for Donald Trump at the national level, the federal level, it's true of the governors at the state levels. And I respect that. I respect the difficulty of the job. I respect that tightrope walk that Mike DeWine has to do as well. He's in the same boat as the president on a bigger scale. He's in the same boat at the Ohio scale, at the, at the state level. Same boat. He's got to figure out a way to make sure that the virus doesn't continue to spread and put a lot of people, especially um, individuals who are vulnerable 
And, of course, we're talking about senior citizens, 65, 70, and older. And then, of course, people, and especially seniors, that also have underlying health conditions. And we have seen the list of those. We don't have to go through it again and again. He's got to worry about that. But at the same time, his state's economy is crumbling. The people of the state of Ohio are hurting in unimaginable ways. And I'm not talking about people who get the fever and who get the shortness of breath, and who get either mild and the vast majority of people who do indeed uh, or are indeed diagnosed with COVID-19 report only mild symptoms. But we're not talking about what they're struggling with. That is obvious, and we all care about those who struggle, and of course those who who lose their lives in some capacity related to the disease, to the virus. But we're talking about uh, the American people who are affected by it in other ways. Lives matter, but so do livelihoods. Why? Because livelihoods quite literally lead to lives. And on the flip side, when they are taken away, they lead to deaths. That's not a mistake. That is not just an opinion. Studies have proven again and again and again that during economic calamities, recessions, depressions, etc., Deaths rise exponentially. Poverty and depression and anxiety and stress caused by recession lead to the loss of lives on an astronomical scale. 40,000 people killed themselves, suicides, during the Great Depression. And that doesn't even count all of the other ways that people lose their lives or take their lives uh, as a result of these kinds of things. So Governor DeWine has to walk that tightrope, too. My concern is that I haven't heard him address the other side very much. My concern is that the governor hasn't talked about the deaths caused by the economic collapse that our country is dealing with right now. Business owners who will never open their doors again. We already have hundreds who have acknowledged as much. Thousands who say they're on the verge, that if we don't get open soon, they're never going to be able to reopen. And that, of course, affects hundreds of thousands of workers in the state of Ohio just in the first of the last three weeks alone. Tomorrow, when the numbers come out, probably another 250, 300,000 Ohioans will have filed for unemployment. We'll probably be, push, be pushing one million Ohioans out of work since this began. And my problem, I have heard Governor DeWine talk about the deaths of COVID-19. I have not heard him talk about those stories, the unemployment stories and, the again, the deaths that will follow. So I'm going to have some questions for Governor DeWine. And that conversation will be coming up at 10.05. It will be one of respect. It will be one that recognizes the difficulty he, he has in doing his job. But it will be asking the questions that we have not heard the answers to. In fact, usually you don't even hear the questions from the press pool in Columbus for the daily briefings every day at 2 o'clock. But the questions haven't been asked. Answers certainly haven't been offered. And we're going to try to get as many of those as we can at 10.05 today. So Curtis Ellis Former Trump administration official, now the policy director for America First Policies, coming up at 935. Governor Mike DeWine at 1005. And President Trump stealing everybody's spotlight yesterday with the announcement that he is defunding the World Health Organization, or at least has halted funding to the WHO. We'll talk more about that coming up next on AM 1420, The Answer. This is why we're having the governor on. 
just literally across my phone in the uh, last 10 seconds before we came back on the air. Headline from uh, Fox 8 News, well, through the AP, U.S. retail sales plummeted 8.7% in the month of March, an unprecedented decline, literally a record decline in retail sales. The deterioration of sales far outpaces the previous record of 3 point, holy goodness, almost triple the old record that took place in November of 2008 during the uh, depths of the, and actually that was kind of at the beginning of the Great Recession. Auto sales dropped 25%. Clothing sales dropped 50%. Restaurants and bars, obviously, uh, were the hardest hit. As a matter of fact, that's something we're going to talk to Governor Dwine about, too. There was a story on Cleveland.com today, as much as I dislike using that source. Um, for obvious reasons, they're just the online, online version of the plain dealer, with of whom I'm not a great fan. But um, the numbers are are kind of staggering in terms of the uh, restaurant and bars, and also salons, nail salons, hair salons, and so on and so forth. These are all just having massive, massive impacts on um, on the uh, state of Ohio's economy. I'm looking. I'm trying to pull this up here. If you bear with me for a second, Ohio's 23,000 plus restaurants are only allowed to offer carryout and delivery service. Obviously, as we know, as a result, 51 percent of restaurants in the state are closed completely. Compared to the same time last year, business is down 90 percent. Yeah, this is just economic death. 90% for fine dining, 75% for casual dining, 45% for cash, uh, what they call fast casual places, things like Chipotle, right? And 35% for traditional fast food restaurants. The only portion of the restaurant industry that's showing numbers that are up is the delivery business, obviously. But here's the thing, and this is what I'm going to talk to the governor about. Among other things, the sharp downtick in business has led 3% of Ohio's restaurants, that's about 690 businesses, to already close permanently. Now, that might not sound a lot to you, sound like a lot to you, right, 3%? But, but look at it in the hard number. 690 businesses, that's 690 people, individuals, or, or couples, families, that put their entire livelihoods on their business they 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 put out a shingle they they opened up their business they put you know either took out a big loan or or put whatever capital they had into starting this business and and it was thriving probably just given the state of the economy in the United States of America i mean almost everybody was thriving they're now closed permanently going to have to take to take losses we cannot even imagine 690 businesses that's already but according to the survey that was quoted here by, uh, let's see, this is John Barker, president and CEO of the Ohio Restaurant Association. He told the Ohio House Economic Recovery Task Force that 690 have closed permanently already, and an additional 11%, or 2,350 more, expect to not reopen. Now I want you to think about that. All of these businesses are not going to be able to to ever recover because of the solution to the problem. Because the solution that Governor DeWine and Dr. Labcoat and others have had, have have offered here, which is shutting everything down, as many other governors have done as well, under the guidance that the president has offered too. So he's not, you know, I mean, they're, they're all kind of in this together. But the cure, as President Trump has said, is proving to be as deadly, and by the time it's all said and done, if this goes past May 1st, even more deadly than the cure. There's just, uh, there's just no getting around that. 
Uh, back to the WHO. I want to hit this because we're going to talk to Curtis Ellis coming up at the uh, bottom of the hour. I want to, I want to commend the President of the United States because this is exactly what had to happen. It was the right thing to do. And in my mind, even a little bit overdue. Today I'm instructing my administration to halt funding of the World Health Organization while a review is conducted to assess the World Health Organization's role in severely mismanaging and covering up the spread of the coronavirus. I know this is very difficult for him. You can kind of hear it as he read his, his remarks. Uh, it is. It's, he, he doesn't want to have to do this because he knows that there are obviously global ramifications of this. But the bottom line is, and we have seen this time and time again, we are the benefactors. We are the world's piggy bank. We are the ones who fund the United Nations uh, at a level that nobody else even comes close to. And that includes or is added to the World Health Organization. The WHO is indeed uh, in the the pocket of communist China, the PRC, make no mistake about that, and that has led us to the place that we are right now, in terms of our economy and in terms of our health uh, conditions and so on. Why should America? Why should your? What's today? Wednesday, Friday. You're getting paid, right? If you still have a job, if you do, God bless and knock on wood that you will next week also. But if you get paid on Friday and there's going to be taxes taken out, and of that, and I always like to just kind of put it this way. If you look at your check, uh, your check stub, and you see, or you're online, <clears throat> and you see what your withholdings are, just add a little withholding line there for things like this. WHO, some of your money is coming out of your check that could go to your table or put uh, uh, pay your mortgage or your car pay. It's going to the World Health Organization. To do what? To cover up, help cover up? and conspire with the communist government of China to cover up their role, their total responsibility, quite frankly, in this worldwide pandemic? That doesn't make any sense to me. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Here's what we know. Here's here's the facts. Uh, The facts are, you talked about the World Health Organization. Uh, They had access. uh, The Chinese Communist Party didn't give Americans access when we needed in that most timely point at the very beginning. The president talked about that today. And then we know they have this lab. We know about the wet markets. We know that the virus itself did originate in Wuhan. So all those things come together. Uh, there's still a lot we don't know. And this is what the president was talking about today. We, we need to know answers to these things. We still have this virus out there. You talked about trying to get the economy going, not only here in the United States, but around the world. We need answers to these questions. We need transparency. And we need the World Health Organization to do its job, to perform its primary function, which is to make sure that the world has accurate, timely, effective, real information about what's going on in the uh, global health space. And they they didn't get that done here. No, they did not get that done here. Congressman Brian Mast. Well, look, I think the point here is that we can't allow them to be the world political correctness health organization. They need to be the health organization. They need to simply assess what is out there and give their analysis of what's happening, not go out there and look at what is China giving, what is the U.S. giving. They're they're supported to go out there and do a job. They haven't done it. This is going to affect them if the U.S. is going to say, sorry, you're not cutting the mustard. We're going to cut you off. It's going to hurt them bad. And it should. They need to be held accountable, and so does the communist government of China. And I'm going to do my level best, by the way. When we talk about the Chinese coronavirus or the Wuhan virus, again, this is not about the people of China. They're victims of the communist oppressive regime of uh, of China. 
And it's certainly not about Chinese Americans. So anybody who says, oh, Chinese Americans are being, are being, uh, uh, you know, insulted or whatever here, uh, in the homeland because we talk about the Chinese virus. No, it's garbage. It's garbage. What is not garbage is the fact that the communist government of China is solely and directly responsible for the world health pandemic that has led to thousands and thousands of deaths and an untold amount of economic damage here in the United States. They must be held accountable. More on that coming up. Curtis Ellis will join us next on AM 1420, The Answer. Nine thirty-five. We continue. Good Wednesday to you. Thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. Governor Mike DeWine, a half an hour away. Looking forward to that conversation. We're going to talk about where we've been, where we are, and what the path forward has to be for the people of the state of Ohio. Uh, I want to talk now more about the World Health Organization. Before I bring on my guest, let me give you the numbers I was kind of uh, estimating on before the break. The United States had planned uh, their next outlay to the World Health Organization of $893 million dollars. Uh, that would be for the current two-year funding period, $893 million. To give you an idea, comparatively, China, which is pulling the puppet strings on the World Health Organization, which is why the WHO Director General must go, that we'll talk to Curtis Ellis about in a moment, China offers about $40 million. If you're wondering how much, how much that is, that's 4%. 4% of the U.S., contributions to the World Health Organization. It works the same way in the United Nations. But 4%, that's what China pays into this thing. Your tax dollars are funding a worldwide organization, a global organization, that is listening to somebody and that is doing the bidding, quite frankly, to somebody that offers just 4% of what your tax dollars pay. Somebody's going to have to explain that to me. This should have been defunded a long time ago, so credit to the president for doing that. And it could have timed up better because we had this interview scheduled with Curtis Ellis, who joins us now. He is <clears throat> excuse me, the policy director uh, for America First Policies. He's a former Trump administration official in the Labor Department and a senior policy advisor on the Trump transition team in 2016 to 2017. But he's also a former communications director for a Democrat member of the House of Representatives in 2006. He evolved, as we are all allowed to do. Curtis Ellis joins <laughs> us now on AM 1420, The Answer. Curtis, thanks for the time, sir. How are you? Yeah, very good. We do believe in evolution here. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? I voted for Bill Clinton uh, twice. As a matter of fact, I I evolved too. Uh, it took some it took some time for me to get my head out of my uh, you know what. So uh, we are all uh, we are all allowed that. Okay, uh, I just kind of threw some of the funding. Now you you I, I want to talk about this uh, this petition. Uh, that I know you are backing and supporting, calling for the resignation of the World Health Organization director. Um, tell me about the petition. Tell me who started it. And I know it's over a million signatures, which is phenomenal. But tell me what. Tell me the reason uh, for the petition. Well, I think you did a pretty good, uh, pretty good wind up uh, there. Uh, so let me uh, let me finish the pitch here. Okay. The World Health Organization is a corrupt organization. It's been bought out taken over by the Communist Party of China. Uh, this fellow at the head of it, uh, Tedros, Tedros Adhanom, I, I can't even pronounce it. I just say Tedros, He's, the rest of it doesn't matter. There's too many, there's, yeah, there's too many consonants, not enough vowels, I can't say it, so uh, it's just exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tongue twister for me. He's, uh, he served in the government in Ethiopia. He was health minister 
he's a member of a Maoist party. Uh, it was like the People's Liberation Army of, of Ethiopia. <laughs> uh, I'm not making this up. And uh, he, as, when he served in the, uh, in, in the health ministry as the health minister in Ethiopia, he covered up cholera epidemics, cholera outbreaks in his own country. Uh, this guy's not a doctor, by the way. He has doctor in front of his name. He's not a medical doctor. He's a spin doctor. He's like a doctor of political science. He's, he's, uh, he's a phony doctor. He was elected. He wasn't chosen on his medical credentials to be the head of the World Health Organization. He was elected by the 196 members of the World Health Organization. Now, this shows you how it works. You win an election, you buy enough votes, uh, you put together enough block votes, and you get the job, whether you're qualified or not. Of course, he was the first, he was a candidate from Ethiopia on the continent of Africa. So all of the African nations immediately cast their vote for him. Most of these are dictatorships or corrupt so socialist and semi-socialist uh, <laughs> Tin pot, uh, tin pot, uh, hell holes, uh, that you would not want to live in have substandard health care, have no health care, have no, uh, no infrastructure whatsoever. Those people voted for this guy. Communist China backed him. And this is the way the UN works too. Every nation has an equal vote. So Guinea Bissau has the same vote as the United States of America a country with no economy whatsoever that is entirely dependent on either foreign aid or infrastructure uh, building projects from communist China has the same vote as Germany or France or Italy or the United States. So old, uh, old Tedros put together a coalition of third world countries that wanted one of their own to be heading up the World Health Organization and elected him. His platform when he ran for head of this organization was universal health care for the entire world. This is the, uh, this is the leftist dream. I mean, this funded is by the United States. Again, I apologize yes, for the exactly. interruption, but we're funded by, exactly. we're, funded we're already by the, the biggest States. benefactor of the World, World Health Organization, 893 million to the tune of 893 million dollars. Provide health care for the entire world. You can multiply that by 10, uh, or, or more. Um, and, and again, you know, we, we, we don't have any more of a say than some of the third world countries that you're talking about. So since you have this great knowledge of the WHO, Curtis Ellis, and Curtis is the uh, policy director for America First Policies. We'll talk more about that organization in a second. But yeah. uh, you have explained how he could be elected by the 193 or whatever it is member nations uh, by, by establishing these blocks of other dictatorships and third world hellholes that he was promised funding to. But how do you get rid of him? That's the question. You know, we're calling his petition, which has a million signatures, is calling for his resignation. The president of the United States has said we're halting funding because of what he and they are doing. So what is the procedure, or is there a procedure to get rid of this guy within the rules of the WHO? Well, uh, by the way, the petition is at change.org. You can go right now, change.org, and you can sign this petition, uh, Dr. Ted, resign. It calls for the resignation, resignation of Tedros. Mm -hmm. Look, uh, the president took an essential first step. These people love money. They don't ha they, they could not, they couldn't sell water in a desert. They don't know how to make money. They live off handouts from people like us. 
from countries like ours. Uh, and, 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 and that's no exaggeration. The World Health Organization sets its budget and then it goes around the world soliciting donations from member countries. And guess who, guess who's first on the list? The United States. They go to the rich Western industrial democracies and say, give us money for the World Health Organization so we can do our good work. They never meet the budget. They never get enough donations to cover their budget. So for President Trump to cut off funding, to them, this is going to be a big wake-up call to these schmoes. They're going to have to realize, well, gee, we the the suckers aren't suckers anymore. <laughs> you know, we can't play the rubes uh, who are just going to give us money to uh, they they just keep giving us money because they want to look good and tell their friends at their dinner party in Manhattan or Georgetown we're supporting the World Health Organization, aren't we? Smart and clever. Maybe they can get Bill Gates to cover the money that uh, <laughs> President Trump's not going to give them anymore. Yeah, that's, that's uh, and you know what he ought to, because Bill Gates, by the way, is fuming, as are many liberal Democrats in the media and in Congress, fuming at the president's decision to halt this funding, calling his actions politically motivated, not the WHO's defense of China, which is the political and the political correctness, if you will, um, that is really being practiced here. But Bill Gates is livid. Why doesn't he go and throw the 893? He could, he could, he could sneeze 893 million dollars. This guy, if he wants the oh, yeah, WHO like to have it so much. Do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a day's interest. And by the way, I don't, I don't want to let the WHO off the hook here. So what did they do after Tedros became president? They covered up the outbreak in China. We know this thing emerged uh, in Wuhan, and we know, and China knew that it was being transmitted from person to person. It was not going from animals to people. The Chinese knew that. The Chinese government knew that. They covered it up. WHO puts out a, a an advisory to the world saying, "Don't don't worry. This can't be transmitted from person to person. Don't worry about it. Nothing to worry about here. Don't cut off travel when President Trump shut down travel from China to the United States." Uh, the World Health Organization criticized them, saying, oh, no, we should not interfere with the free movement of people and trade. Right. And, right. Yeah. They were, they were running interference for China. And, by the way, that is exactly out of the Chinese Communist playbook. They are using organizations like the World Health Organization, the World Trade Organization, the United Nations Agency for International Development, the United Nations in general. They are using those organizations to advance their power grab on a global scale. Because idiots in this country think, oh, I'm a global citizen, and let's place our authority, let's place our decision-making in these international institutions. That's going to bring about world peace. And so what China has done is taken over those international institutions, and it uses them like a Trojan horse. Mm -hmm. The World Health Organization and the United Nations and these global institutions are the Trojan horse that China is using to advance its power grab. Very simple. And, but the World Health Organization is the example of that. And very concrete example. When President Trump shut down travel from China, World Health Organization said, no, you shouldn't do that. When they knew, when China, when we were begging China, January 6th, we're begging China Please let us in. Let our researchers in to see where this uh, virus came from. Let's let's get some samples here so we can start developing vaccines and treatments and antibody tests and whatnot. China wouldn't let us in. China wouldn't let the World Health Organization in. 
wouldn't let any researchers in. To this day, they won't let any researchers That's right. in. And uh, the World Health Organization went along with the slow walk, with the slow dance to just stretch things out as this pandemic spread. Look, we don't know. There's now emerging evidence, uh, a, a mountain of evidence to suggest that this escaped from a lab, that is accidental, uh, you know, the same shoddy merchandise you get when you order a socket, a socket wrench set from China and it strips out the first time you use it. That same type of shoddy merchandise uh, it, it exemplifies how they handle these viruses in these labs. We've, we've seen the State Department cables where we went, people went to this, American officials looked at the Wuhan lab and said, virology lab and said this is an accident waiting to happen these people are not doing it right here they're 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 not getting it right i mean they can't even make a coat hanger and now they're they're working with the most dangerous infectious agents on earth and they're just it's kind of shoddy the way they're doing this curtis let me let me jump in here to ask one more question before we're done here because we're a little short on time curtis ellis is the policy director for america first um in addition to the who china was named to the human rights council on the United Nations. So should we be doing more than defunding the WHO? I'm just wondering, should we withdraw from the WHO and the United Nations or at least say, okay, we'll be members, but we will determine how much we contribute to the budget for these international organizations, and we will give them, I don't know, one-fiftieth of what we're giving them now until we start to see uh, things like this. China, which oppresses the rights of its people, the people of Hong Kong, people of neighboring countries, daily in horrific ways being named the Human Rights Council, just it just kind of says, look, it's not a serious global organization at all. Exactly. How long are we going to go along with this charade? Uh, how long are we supposed to pretend the emperor has clothes on? Uh, it's a joke, uh, and it's a sick joke. Uh, the, the International Human Rights Commission, China being on there, China should be under sanction by the United Nations for what they're doing. They run concentration camps, okay? Period. End of story. Uh, it's, you're exactly right. We've, we've got. You don't see that in the world press, by the way. You don't see that in the world press. You'll see, you'll see criticism of Trump for defunding, but you will not see what you just pointed out, that they literally run concentration camps, and that's what they do. Uh, Curtis, last thing, tell me about America First Policies. Uh, you're the policy director. Tell me about the organization. Right. America First Policies is the nonprofit educational arm of America First Action. We are the official White House the official super PAC. America First Action is the super PAC working for President Trump's re-election. We, President Trump does fundraisers for us. We are the only official super PAC. We are the only White House sanctioned super PAC. America First Policies is the, we, we do, uh, we support the legislative agenda. We do issues advocacy for America First Policies, uh, the President's America First Policies, things like defunding the World Health Organization, appointing decent judges that respect the Constitution, immigration reform that puts Americans first, all of those policies. We were there on the USMCA. That's what America First Policies does. We're headed by Linda McMahon. So Love it. Linda McMahon, Linda and Vince, you know them. I do, so and I love Linda. She's a great against the president's enemies. She's a great lady. She has run for office. I wish she would have won. She was running for Congress or Senate. I can't remember, but um, Senate. Uh, did not work. Yeah. Senate, yeah. And the uh, president added her to uh, his uh, team. Uh, and it is great to hear uh, that she is a part of this. And great to talk to you, Curtis Ellis from America First Policies. I really appreciate the great insight into the operations of the World Health Organization. Thanks so much. Thank you. 
9.50, you know what that means. Quick time out, coming back, and maybe squeezing a call or two, maybe a 216-901-0945, in advance of Governor Mike DeWine, who will join me right after the top of the hour on AM 1420, The Answer. Nine fifty-seven AM, fourteen twenty. The answer. <clears throat> Thanks again for being with us. I want to spend these last couple of minutes before the top of the hour and before we talk to uh, Governor Mike Dewine, sharing Mike Dewine's Twitter feed from yesterday after his uh, briefing, his daily two uh, two o'clock briefing. Uh, this is a little bit of uh, the the thread of from Governor Dewine. I want you to have the backdrop of what we're going to talk about. Yesterday, tweeted in this order. I, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Um, until there is a vaccine, this monster is going to be working around us. When we start opening businesses and schools back up, it's going to be different. What everyone needs is to be, to be thinking about is what you will do to keep your employees and customers safe when you reopen. You'll be reopening during a situation that is far from ideal because COVID-19 will still be here. While it's good news that hospital admissions have been somewhat flat, we lost 50 people in the last 24 hours. 50 of our citizens died. That's a very dangerous situation. I'm going to correct that when I talk to the, to the governor because that is not accurate. Five people died in the last 24 hours. They, the 50 that they tallied were from a three-day period. There's a lag time there is a lag time from deaths until reports uh they did not die 50 did not die in 24 hours that's just not accurate i wish covid19 was like the flu the governor said but it's not we have to think about what we're going to do differently when we begin to reopen uh he tweeted if someone is not getting testing results quickly this is a problem we have the capacity we have hospitals that can test rapidly if results are not getting back quickly we need to know so we can figure out what's wrong He also tweeted the following, and this is the most important tweet I want to share with you. As we reopen Ohio, people will have to be very, very careful until we get a vaccine. You'll have to weigh benefit versus risk. You will have to make sure you're wearing a mask when you go out. Continue social distancing, etc. COVID-19 is not going away until we get a vaccine. I don't know about you, but this is troubling to me, and I'm going to ask the governor about this. Is he suggesting that vaccination will be required for people to go out in public in the, in the state of Ohio to work or to go to school because they might carry COVID-19 if they don't get a vaccination? Because I hope that's not what he's suggesting. And I hope he's also not suggesting that we are going to stay in this unbelievably repressive type of situation for the next 18 months which is the estimated time they're talking about before getting what should be a voluntary vaccine. And finally, the last tweet from Governor DeWine, he said, uh, quote, I share everyone's frustration and anger, I get it, but it's not going to do businesses and employees any good if I get it wrong. If we get it wrong, we'll have a medical mess and a mess in the economy. The best thing we can do is get this right. That's it'll be the last word from the governor's Twitter account. The next words from Governor Dwine that you hear will be live right here, coming up after the news.